You're listening to Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg, WHMP. As always, we are so pleased with having the opportunity to talk to town manager of Amherst, Paul Bockelman. Uh, we so appreciate the, uh, the fact that you visit with us and fill us in on, uh, well, something's always happening in Amherst. Paul Bockelman. Right. Thank you for having me back. It is a pleasure. So first, I want to lead with, and Bill, please feel free to chime in. We had three members of uh, the Amherst Four, that's a number, ceasefire uh, group, which had a petition signed by roughly 240 people, some of whom were dignitaries in Amherst, um, calling for the uh, council, the town council in Amherst, to adopt a resolution uh, demanding a ceasefire in Israel. Um can you give us an update on that? What the council's ceasefire in Gaza? Gaza. What did I say? Yeah, ceasefire in Gaza. Yes. So, so what's yeah, the update I, on that? Yeah, sure. That that's going to be on the town council's agenda on Monday. They meet at six thirty p.m. in the town hall. It's also um, broadcast on via Zoom, so people can log in that way. Um, we anticipate there'll be a lot of interest in this thing, in, in this this resolution that the council is bringing forward. We've already received, or the council has already received a lot of public comment um, that'll all be put on the town's website prior to the council meeting. So, and there are people in favor of wanting to make amendments to it, suggesting changes to it. So I think it'll be a very, very robust discussion uh, on Monday. This is happening in a number of different communities. Bill pointed out uh um, the other day that uh, Tracy Kidder had said that Amherst has its own foreign policy distinguishing <laughs> itself. But um, as town yeah, but, manager, do you think that this, uh, what's your view of um, small towns, small cities um, adopting policies on international political matters? So as town manager, it doesn't really involve me, but, you know, as a town council, there is a strategy where you start at the local level and you build a, a movement upward. And so that happens on multiple different levels, and that's happened with town meetings throughout the area. You know, we, our town meetings in Western Mass especially tend to be, tend to have a lot of things like this on their um, on on their warrants. And so town council is the town's official policymaking board. So it makes sense for a, a question like this to come to them. And then these 13 people have to wrestle with it and figure out what's the right thing to do for the town. They're speaking for the town at this point. Yeah, and let me just make clear that I believe that is actually absolutely appropriate for the town council of Amherst, for the city council of Northampton to express the values and opinions of their constituents and make their positions known with regard to national and international issues that affect them and affect everyone yeah so I, I i absolutely ditto that um it does it, if we're not talking about the police sometimes it just seems like we're just talking about the schools so i have to ask you paul bachelman <laughs> um so here's the headline which sent chills up and down the spines of many that up to 20 school layoffs are projected based on the budget shortfall that as we build new elementary school in state-of-the-art beautiful there in Amherst that we might have to lay off up to 20 school personnel. Is that right? Well, that's what the superintendent has put out there. Yes. So there's something called the budget coordinating commission there in Amherst. Could you explain what it is? And is there any hope coming out of that? 
Sure. Let me. Ex so it's it's really important to understand how our budget gets built, and we're the we're no different than any other city or town. We work from a revenue model. We know how much money we have coming in, and then we that tells us how much money we can spend. We must have a level funded budget, a balanced budget, and not level funded, but a balanced budget. So last November we do a a, a presentation to the the budget coordinating group, which was also included the full town council and finance committee and school committee and library trustees at the time to show them where we are as a town financially, you know, where, where are our revenue sources, what's everything looking like. And then during the course of the winter, we update those numbers as things become more certain. We get better projections on our revenues. We get better projections on our expenses. And then um, last week, um, and then we have this group called the budget coordinating group, which is not unique to Amherst, but Amherst was one of the first communities to have it. It includes the elected officials from the library, the schools, and the, and the town council. Uh, there's two from each each committee, roughly two are from each committee. And they get together and they look at these numbers and they say, how are we going to divvy it up? And basically what they usually come up with and what has been the history of the town is that we divide it up equally. If we have a 1% increase, everybody gets 1%. If it's 2%, 3%, if there's a decrease, everybody gets the same. We are, we're all in this together. So there isn't typically fighting over, you know, who gets who's more important, who deserves more money type of thing. Occasionally, there's some situations where one group will say, we don't need as much money this year. And the other groups will say, we sure need it. So that um, group, you know, the town staff have been doing projections. Um, in February, we got updates on, we got, we saw the governor's budget come out and that had some relatively good news in the sense that the governor funded um, a major source of funding by 3%, which is above what they've been talking about. Um, we got some better news than we had projected when we got our health insurance um, increases. We've been projecting 12%, they came in at 9.75%. So it's a little bit of a, a good news story there. And we got a very good news story from our pension obligation. Our pension, what we had been projecting for pension, it was not as um, as high as we had budgeted. So we presented those new numbers as terms of our revenue to the budget coordinating group. And based on those new revenues, we felt like instead of projecting a 3% increase across the board, we could go to a 4% increase across the board. Which, which gives a little bit of relief. It doesn't solve anybody's problems, but does provide some kind of relief budgetarily for like, the, especially the school department. Well, if we're talking about 20 layoffs, is there any way to quantify what the extent of that relief, how that will translate to jobs, human resources there at the schools? So 1% for the elementary schools, 1% is about a quarter million dollars. Um, for the high school and the, and the middle school, it's about $175,000. So that added that that amount of money into the budgets of those two entities. If you recall, if you may know that Amherst divides its pie up into four parts. One is the town, which is like police, fire, DPW, et cetera. One is the library, which is the Jones Library. It's a relatively small portion. And then one is the regional school district, which we're in a regional school district with Shootsbury, Leverett, and Pelham, and then one is our K to six elementary schools. So each group gets its own share, uh, share of the pie, basically. And I think so, it's basically a yeah, $25 million dollar budget for the elementary schools and a $25 million dollar budget for the, um, for the regional district, is that right? 
Yeah, I think we're they're projecting uh, twenty six million dollars for the um, elementary school, and our share of the regional school district budget is about eighteen point five million. So there's some hope there, but it still sounds like um, a pretty dismal projection in terms of um, who will be there to educate our children. Is, is there any other? Yeah, and it's, yeah, I, 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 it's, so with the town, our philosophy on the town side is the school committee is elected to run the school, run the schools. So we figure out what the number is, they get the number and they figure out how to spend it. And that's, I don't get into how you should spend it or who should be laid off or should be not laid off. It's just about what the town, you know, we look at the, my job is to look at the revenues coming into the town. We can't generate more money out of nowhere. So, um, so, and it's, you know, any new money that comes in, if it's going to go into an operating budget, it has to be a recurring source of revenue. So it has to be there every year. Otherwise it doesn't make sense to hire someone for a short period of time. So, Paul Bockelman, let let me interrupt uh, because I want to understand where's the cart and where's the horse? How do you – does the town approve a school budget and say you have X amount to spend if the school committee doesn't come forward first and say here's what we have and what we need and we need for you to appropriate to us? I mean where's the cart? Where's the horse? So under our form of government, the the, – the school committee can vote what the number it needs. They, they they will recommend. We typically, we all. The reason the budget coordinating group exists is that we all get in the room, and say, "Here's how much money we have," and everybody's. So, you know, we hope that everybody says we understand. We'll try to build our budget to that number. School committee has the authority to say we want more. Um, it comes to me as the town manager, and then I submit a budget which will be balanced to the town council. The town council cannot raise, cannot increase budgets except by a um, super majority if they want to increase the school budget. They can do that, except that they have to find out how to ba- the balance. The budget has to be balanced somehow. And, and along, So that means they have to make cuts someplace else. This is Dan. Along those lines, uh, that would mean spending cuts in other sectors of uh, Amherst uh, government? Right. Exactly. And so, I, you know, we're, we're a people driven budget, both sides. And so it's it's really about headcount. And, you know, my philosophy on the town side has been we try not to add headcount to our you know, we've had 200 employees since the day I started, except for the introduction of the Crest Department and the introduction of four new firefighters, uh, which were both initiatives that the council approved. Yeah, because so otherwise just- we don't add bodies. I was just going to say, I mean, I, the roads need a lot of work. And if you keep taking money yep. away from those roads, I'm sorry. I was just driving on Lincoln <laughs> That's Ave. Dan and his road. And I, I, I got to say it. I was just on Lincoln Ave just the other day because, you know, I live in downtown and I was riding mm-hmm. on those roads. And, and I almost want to stop my car and start patching the roads myself. Like, I, it's gotten to that point. I'm sorry. Like, don't, I, don't do that. I've been abroad. Don't do that. I know. All right. <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying. I had to. Well, let, let, let me talk a little bit about the, the, the chat around the water cooler um, because you are the town manager, Paul Bachelman, and word on the street says that you've been talking to Amherst College, Amherst and UMass. These are colleges that are in the community, have a lot of tax-exempt properties, and um, the community would really help, uh, be helped if they would financially kick in a fair share of the demands that their existence puts on the town. So is there discussion with Amherst College? Can you say? And if so, what's your strategy to get Amherst College 
to help with some of these shortfalls? Yeah, so so we do have a strategic partnership agreement with the university, and we are working actively with Amherst College to do the same thing. Um, Amherst College is a willing participant in those conversations. They um, have communicated their budget constraints to us as well. Um, we think that you know Amherst College can step up and, and help the town across the board. They already provide about seventy-five thousand dollars a year to the um, school department. Uh, and they provide a, a sum of money to the town to offset the, fi the fire and ambulance services that we provide to the to the to the college. Um, but we think they can do more, and no surprise to anybody, and they know that. Uh, we we keep coming up with different ways that they can do it that might fit into their budget schedule. Some of them might work for them, some of them might not. Um, but we continue to pursue that and really actively work with the college. The college has really taken a different posture lately of being wanting to be involved in the community and that's uh, witnessed by their contribution to the Jones Library and other things downtown. So they see their role in the community as being an important one and we want them to manifest that with dollars that are going to be recurring from year to year. Here, here. We're going to take a break. We're going to be right back talking to town manager of Amherst, Paul Buckelman. More Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg coming up right here on WHMP. You're listening to Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg, WHMP. So Dan was saying he wants to get out of his car, Paul Bockelman, town manager of Amherst, and he wants to repair some of those potholes that have been plaguing him. And I'm wondering whether there's a police chief overseeing a department that could do something about Dan's errant involvement. So well, we can get Dan a vest and a shovel, um, <laughs> get him started. Um, so we have a, currently we have a temporary police chief, uh, Gabriel Ting, who's been serving in that role. Uh, we are we have a search committee that is interviewing candidates, maybe even today's this week, um, to get to a final group that we will then bring into town, have public meetings, let the public get to see the finalists. It's tough to recruit a police chief and many other positions right now. I think we're seeing that with school superintendents. I'm seeing it with my colleagues, with town managers. It's a narrow market out there because some of these jobs are really difficult. And um, so we're hopeful that I have not seen the applicant pool, but I'm hoping that they'll that the um, search committee felt that the applicant pool was robust enough that they could move forward with their first round of, of interviews, which is what they're doing. And who who is on the search committee? Um, we have representatives from, uh, I don't know everybody, uh, from the Human Rights Commission, the Community Safety and Social Justice Committee. Um, we have someone from the Personnel Board. Um, uh, we have uh, the Executive Director of the Survival Center. Uh, there's there's someone from the school department. Um, there's like nine people. I don't have that list in front of me. Paul Bachelman, can you tell us whether or not there, maybe you can't, are there any internal candidates and or whether or not internal candidates were encouraged to apply for the chief's job? Well, there is at least one that I know who's been explicit you know, and out there saying that he was going to be an internal candidate. And that's the acting chief. Okay. So when... Uh, by the way, uh, I, I should point out you are also your vice. You just recently uh, achieved a new title to uh, put on your resume, didn't you, Paul Bachman? What is that title? 
Well, it's the second vice president of the Mass Municipal Management Association. So that means if the president and vice president are both uh, incapacitated, I have to step in to run a meeting. <laughs> Either second or third in line. I can never figure that exactly. out. Exactly. But, but uh, two heartbeats away, I guess. But in that capacity, we see so many, as you just mentioned, we, we see so many different communities looking for new police chiefs. Um, mm -hmm. Is this a shared experience that you could talk about with your colleagues and and find a better way to to invent the search it's not about the search it's getting quality candidates um and also being from massachusetts you have to be certified to be a uh, officer in chief in massachusetts so um that sort of limits the pool you, we get some external candidates from other states who then have to get qualified which they can do it's just that there's some hoops they have to jump through so the pool is typically limited to people who are already holding um police positions in Massachusetts. And finally, I just wanted to uh, find out, the Department of Public Works, um, mm. what's going on there? So, you know, I just want to tell you a story. Heading home last week on, it's like six o'clock, I saw the Public Works trucks out near on a street near my house and they're closing down the road and there's a water main break. Um, and it was adjacent to our Fort River school. And, you know, somebody doing some work had nicked the service line and it was just pouring out. So the cops had shut down the road, DPW was there. And I was going um, to work the next morning, like at 6.30 and they were still there. So they had worked a full day. They had spent the entire, this, we don't have a big water department. You know, the guys were out there up through all through the night and they got the water on just in time for the school to not miss their class day. So I just wanted to give a shout out to our DPW, but every DPW in the area, because they're out there, they don't get much credit for these overnight shifts. Nobody sees them out there, but it was freezing cold and um, just terrific work by our team. Yeah, it isn't elves that make this uh, this invisible yes. work happening. It's actually our neighbors and people who mm -hmm. work really hard. And if you could say to the superintendent of your public works department, Dan Torres is ready, willing, and able to chip <laughs> in with a shovel. <laughs> I am. I don't know why you're laughing. I really don't. I got you. I got you. Town Manager Paul Bachman, we really value the time that we get with you every month, and, and thank you, and we love Amherst. Thank you for inviting me. And uh, everybody else, thank you for joining us this week, and uh, we'll be back here next week. <laughs>